Welcome to the marketing. Oh, is it me? Am I intro yeah. in your? Oh, yeah. okay. keep going. Go for it. <laughs> Welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian talk about the various marketing topics on our mind. Um, hello, Josh. Oh, hello, Adrian. How are you? I'm good. Actually, I do think we got it backwards. But, I thought so because it is because yeah, and uh, but let's just roll with it anyway. You know what? This is this is a this is a good time. Just go with it. So um, so what is on your mind, Adrian? Yeah. So. Recently, very, very recently, I um, have been really trying to discover and add clarity to what kind of marketer am I? And just to give a little context and a little background, um, I'm kind of, I'm at a phase and at a stage in kind of my own personal career development where I want to sit with one founder, one product, really bring it to market, um, be the one and almost a partner aspect um, with a founder, with the product that rather than like doing a lot of short term projects, really like very specific buyer personas or customer research or, you know, all of the different things, a content strategy, I want to bring all of those skill sets together, sit with one founder for a long time and push a product to market. That's where I'm at. That's my goal. So I've been talking to some potential clients, some potential founders. Um, you know, I'm in a position where I get to be kind of picky and choose who I want to work with. I'm very particular on the type of founder. And they're also in the position where they can be kind of particular and picky because the market, uh, there's a lot of people looking for jobs right now. There's a lot of people looking for stable work. So that makes sense. Um, and the conversation came out that was like, hey, well, this is their very early stage. I was like, this is the stage we're at. This is kind of the marketer we think we need. Um, what kind of marketer are you? Like, what are your strengths? Where do you succeed? Where do you excel? And then, you know, like, what do you not want to do? Where are you not at? Because there's, I would be the first marketing hire or the first marketing partner. Um, and so it's, it was a really good exercise. So what I did is the client themselves was using Emily Kramer and Kathleen... I can't remember her last name, um, the MK1 Capital newsletter, uh, which I read through the entire thing. It's very informative, educational. It's a great thought newsletter for marketers and really for founders who are hiring marketers and for marketing leaders. I thought it was a, had a great um, perspective for those kinds of folks. And so she said, here's what they say your first marketer should be. And so you know, we, we use terms like generalist or T-shaped and all of these things. And one of the concepts they said was there's like a T-shape, which is, you know, they kind of have a journalist and then one specificity. And then they said a double T and they really broke it up into three bubbles. And the three bubbles, they kind of changed them depending upon what slide or what newsletter you looked at. But the one that I really liked was where they used content marketing and strategy product marketing, and then growth marketing. Those were the three buckets they broke marketers up into. And then they went even further and defined what kind of tasks and activities um, gets assigned to each one of those disciplines, right? So for instance, uh, content marketing strategy is content marketing, community events, comms and PR, and creative and design. Product marketing is responsible for audience research, positioning and messaging, product sales enablement, and... Um, well, just like partner marketing, then growth marketing is ops and analytics, demand gen, inbound and web and life cycle. So 
some of that I'm not sure I completely agree with. Like inbound and web, I would have put that over in content marketing and strategy before um, I read through their stuff. So, but it just really gave a good clear idea of where the different disciplines of marketing can sit and then really what tasks um, you know, I've done and what tasks are assigned to those disciplines, really. Um, so I sat down and kind of created my own little Canva template PDF and was like, okay, so here's those disciplines. Here's those subcategories. Now here's what I've done and where my skill sets sit in each one of those categories. And it was really helpful for me because starting that conversation, I would have said, well, I'm a product marketer who has a huge background in content right? Like I've done a lot of content, I've done content strategy, I've written content, um, I've led content teams, and I also know the product marketing, I've lo- helped launch product, um, you know, all of the things, sales enablement, buyer personas, positioning and messaging. So that's where I sit. Um, but then once we really broke up and understood more what the growth marketer was, which I think is still, it's still a, a kind of a vague definition, right? Like I tweeted about it and people were like, oh, it's the people who bring in leads. And you kind of want to be like, isn't that, isn't that everybody? Isn't that the job of all the marketers? So still very vague. In my mind, before I really went through the practice, though, it was just paid ads, essentially. Like I think of demand gen as paid essentially. Um, And that's the part that I was like, I don't want to do that. I've never done that. I don't have any interest in running like paid campaigns, Facebook ads, you know, all of that jazz. So um, it really did allow me to add clarity to what I have done and what my strengths are, where my growth areas are, like my growth and interest areas right now is sales and analytics and operations. That's kind of where I'm interested. I'm digging a lot into there. Um, But then I also was able to say, okay, but here's what I don't want to do. Like this kind of talks a lot about, or it loops into what we talked about um, earlier in a a previous episode with your zone of genius, your zone of comfort and all of those things that the market need. Cause um, you know, for me doing paid ads or demand gen, it doesn't light my fire. It doesn't spark me up. uh, It kind of makes me want to bang my head against a desk. So it's like, okay, that's clearly if someone wants a demand gen or a paid ads expert, I'm not your girl. Like, don't come knocking on my door. Um, So I thought it was a really helpful exercise. And I thought it would be something interesting for the audience to see and maybe do for themselves. Okay. Why why do you think that the demand gen and that side isn't for you? Just wondering. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it is because of the risk of paid ads. So you're automatically putting in money, knowing that some of it's going to be wasted. When we do organic content, um, you know, you're obviously still measuring. There's obviously still ROIs and there's still metrics that need to be tracked um, and goals that need to be achieved. But there's a realization for me that it's a longer term strategy. And then I can take what we've done and I can reuse it and I can put it somewhere else. And it's it's more flexible. It's more adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be not necessarily, it's less wasteful, wasteful, right? It doesn't feel like if I make a mistake on paid ads that could cost a brand. I mean, depending upon what kind of budget we're working with hundreds to tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and I don't want to be responsible for that. There's a risk side to that. Like there's a a huge risk side. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm also in a season of learning and understanding that I'm not actually a huge risk taker. I'm Mm -hmm. very cautious financially. We're even discovering this. 
uh, you know, in my own personal life, financially very conservative. And the thought of, especially at an early stage startup, especially where MRR is not where we want it to be. We're trying to grow, you know, the monthly recurring revenue. Um, it just seems like a huge risk to take. And I don't want that on my shoulders. Like I would much rather outsource it. Uh, I can vendor manage the agency who's going to be responsible for it. I know enough to know if it's, if they're doing a good job, if they're feeding me a line of BS, like I've kind of done it enough to be like, uh, you know, you said you were going to have these results. We're not getting there. Like what's going on. Um, you know, I stay enough in the loop to understand like Facebook completely crashed out on their ads a few weeks ago. Um, but just to be the one who's responsible for that kind of uh, potential risk of financial investment for, for my clients. Uh, no, I'm not willing to for myself. I am like for our own personal businesses and for my business, like I can play with it. That's fine. If I lose 10 grand, it's 10 grand. I know I had to lose. Um, it's, it's not something I want to do for a client though. Yeah. So that what I draw out of that was the, the risk piece of holding that. And maybe if it's that they're, silver bullet that they're hoping for. And then it's like, you're giving me all this and you want all that's a lot of pressure too. So yeah. the risk and pressure of that, in addition to, I think, you know, intrinsically like you, and I think I am this way too, is just, I prefer, yeah, I'm more conservative than people think like, Oh, you're doing startup. You must be super risk. That's like, no, actually I view it as less risk because I have more control. But, yeah. But but the long-term aspects, right, in terms of, you mentioned that, in terms of, like, content is more long-term. It can be repurposed and chopped up and redone and, you know, into video, into different things. But it's a it's a concept. It's an asset. But you're, like, and it may take many forms. It may be a piece that you're starting now in chapter one or two and then building out to a bigger thing. Or maybe you're just taking out little quotes of it and putting it into other stuff. Like, it it has more less waste and more redeeming kind of uh, value. And I feel like you're the, you know, we, I think both of us think a little more like are more comfortable thinking long-term. Yeah. So those pieces are, it's like more like slow and steady. And how can I build a base? Yes. Um, a base to like dump off of or rely on versus trying to just like throw this money in and maybe it's turning into something, but then I got to turn it back in the machine and I'm basically continuing to like roll the dice like every week. Right. And I've, the, th the thing with like creating content online is it can be flexible. So I can publish something, push it to the channels I know operate and see how does it perform? And if it didn't perform well, okay, let's go back and tweak it and move things around reword it, reformat it. Okay, let's put it out again. And I'll, I have the opportunity to do that. When you're doing paid ads, um, I mean, it's a quick way to see. I'm not saying don't do paid ads. I think paid ads have their place, have their time. Um, I think people are experts and really good at paid ads. Um, you know, they've, they've, made, they've made arguments where uh, doing paid ads is a great way to find product market fit. And I can kind of see that thinking, how it quickly allow, it allows you to quickly iterate um, and learn, it's just going to cost you a lot more. I feel like, I feel like you are potentially wasting more resources if that's your testing method, rather than kind of going out and manually finding your folks, manually putting your stuff in front of them. Um, you know, that's just kind of my approach though. But yeah, I think. No, I think it, it's a tool for the right, there's certain situations that 
it works great in. And if that's and some you know some companies are prepared to use that as a way to get more awareness, and maybe they have the rest of their other stuff solid so that they can turn it on or turn it off. Mm-hmm. Like they had there was the did you I don't know, did you read the stuff about uh, Airbnb during the pandemic? Like I think they yes. did this big article. Yeah, like and they cut off all their performance spend, but then to see how things settled down and then eventually went back to like brand, more brand types of stuff, I think. Yeah. And, and just seeing how they kind of gave themselves almost a true, eh, I mean, nothing's a true A-B test, but <laughs> um, but it was interesting to see because so many people, so many businesses now have grown off of the, the uh, you know, high cash, like having a lot of disposable cash from VC and whatnot and being able to just, hey, I just have all these, I have more more chips to place bets, so I'm just going to place them all over the place right? and hope one hope one works. Yeah, if that's exactly right. If you've got the money to burn, then by all means, like that's, that's a really great way and a great place to put it. Um, most of my clients are more bootstrapped or lightly funded, you know, angel kind of funded, not super heavy. And I think, and I'm even talking to other investors, other um, accelerator people. And a lot of folks are saying that that's kind of the situation we're in now that fewer multi, 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 multi million dollar, these huge VC funded um, projects are coming out. Like just VCs aren't funding that way a lot. They're doing a lot more, small micro funds um, lately. That's kind of what these accelerators and other investors have been saying. So it that's going to be more of the trend going forward anyway. So it's like almost everyone's going to have to think with a little bit more of a bootstrapped mindset than that churn and burn kind of VC right. funded race. mindset. Like it's not a race anymore. Right. Like, you like, or it's, it's a race of like who can who can stay afloat. Yeah. Who can last longer. <laughs> um, so what else has led to your thought process on this? Cause you know, you come from, you know, you've done consulting for many years yeah. on all these various topics. And now you're saying also like, Hey, you, you want to, you know, you want to be a first marketer at a, at a certain, at a, at a earlier stage mm-hmm. and kind of have be there through the whole story. Yeah. Kind of what I heard. Yes. Like, have, have you be a part of this instead of just, these little term agreements that are these little like choppy one, two things. Um, and that you, you get to tell the whole story too. Yeah. Like you get to see it through and see all these pieces work in concert. And I think that's, you know, I enjoy that. And I think that's like, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to see you have that whole story and put all these skills that you've learned over the years into, into your own narrative mm-hmm. and into your own like building of that type of thing. So, um, Kind of what brought you to that versus, uh, you know, the, you've been doing the, you know, you've done the Best Buyer Persona, you've been recently doing the uh, growth stalls, mm-hmm. like all these different ones that I think you've had good attention on. And a lot of people talk to you about it. I think it's, you know, been great content for, for social and whatnot. Yeah. You know, what's, what's drawn you to this conclusion? Yeah. It really is a matter of just kind of feeling like it's time. So I am, the market is weird too. So the market itself for creating the, the amount of leads that need to create or come in and an interest and things like that that need to happen in order to do 
these shorter, like even my largest project, a buyer persona for an enterprise level, large company takes about like two to three months. Um, you know, it's around 30 to $40,000. Those kind of slow down. And it was just like a matter of the me showing up online in that way. Um, you know, we're doing a whole lot of stuff and coming to the realization that I'm ready to put all of this together and sit and really go deep on one product. So when I do a persona, um, I walk away and I know a ton about this audience, the positioning, the messaging, I make recommendations on, you know, like this is where you should go. And um, sometimes it develops into a content strategy. And so I can, you know, do that. And I lead a team a few times. I've done that with um, project, I mean, buyer persona projects, but then I'm done, you know, like the longest term project I've had uh, in the last seven years is like one year at a time with a company with a few other clients mixed in. And that one year point gets them to where they're kind of ready to hire usually. And it just felt like I've put in so much groundwork. I've put in so much of the foundational stuff and now it's time to scale. Now they're kind of, they've picked up, they're growing and now someone else gets to go and take the baton to like the finish line. And I know there's no finish line usually like, you know, (laughs) if I'm working with someone who's looking for acquisition, there's a finish line that's a little bit shorter. Um, If I'm not, then usually we're thinking really, really long-term, but I wanted to be the one I'm like, I'm ready to be the person who lays that foundation and then gets to do the iterations. So often I don't get to say, okay, we did this. We learned this. Now let's iterate again. I get to say, okay, here's what we did. We've learned all this. We did this. And then my, I'm done. And then I walk away and I like never hear so from it's like you built the house, but you don't get to decorate it. Right. You don't yeah. Get to like do the finishes and then have the open house and do all the actual more fun things like that's a great um, way of putting it other work isn't fun right but like it was a lot of work to build up all that stuff yes great let's make a decision to just you know redo siding cool and now all it is is redoing the siding but it's not rebuilding and re-architecting the house absolutely that is a really great analogy because that's what it is you know i'm ready to do iterations and sit with one founder and the founder themselves who's mature Um, who understands, like, who wants to test and wants to iterate, wants to, um, you know, build something great. Oftentimes, sometimes founders are scared and there's like fear associated and there's ego. So I'm, you know, that's another thing. I'm really looking for the right founder um, and the right product. So it's got to be a really good fit, but uh, because I because I want it to be long term, I want it to be a partnership. I don't necessarily, I don't want to just go be employee, product marketer, employee number seventy five. Here's what you got to do: go do it. That's not necessarily where I want to head. Um, I really do want to have more of a partnership mindset with someone who um, who has a good solid product, um, but is ready to like let's go, let's get it onto market, let's build this, let's scale. Um, and then I want to be the one to do that. I want to be the one who like champions a team and who brings the people together and, you know, actually gets to see it and sit with it for a while. That's the part that I'm really ready to do. Cool. Yeah. Of any of these ones that you've done, have you reached out to any of them as their opportunity? Are there opportunities from some of the ones that you, cause like, you know what you want. Yeah. You know, you, like you said, in terms of founder makeup, product makeup, like, going back and looking at your 
list of like people that you've worked well with and have had that already have that and you've already built up trust and kind of have at least a lot of the built out house model still in your brain partially. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you reached out to any of those or those like, you know, cause again, it's, it's, it's challenging to do that. I know I'll try to connect you with people that I think could be in the right, um, in the right headspace and in the right like stage in the journey. Cause yeah, once you get too big and you have like, you need, you know, you have three product marketers, like they're not doing they're like segmented yeah. and still kind of boxed in to do something that was already, the lines were already drawn for them of where they can cover. And that might be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think for you, I think you want to have more room to run and explore or, and, or find the purse, the right, the right, know the right product in place. For that. Right. And that's because I don't want to lose my founder and owner mindset, like being a consultant, mm-hmm. running my company, Um, coming in and really looking strategically inside companies and like making those kinds of decisions and then running with the, uh, the project that needs to happen. I don't want to lose that. I really want um, to keep that sharp. And I feel like if I were, if I were to get a job and be an employee, um, you know, you just kind of already have what you need to do, right? Like you have your tasks, they're going to say, this is what you do and you go do it. And then like, you can do a great job and that's fine. Um, But as far as like reaching out to previous folks, I've reached out to some, I've let some know, like, this is what I'm looking for. If they have any recommendations, some of them have moved beyond um, where we were because we did the work and they've implemented and now they've kind of scaled and grown. Um, Others have, uh, you know, they, they didn't get product market fit and they, they weren't able to. So they're like not quite there yet. So it was too early. Um, it really does need to be almost a perfect timing, which seems like it's going to be a unicorn situation. I may be asking for something that doesn't exist. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've, you know, just doing this podcast, letting my network know like, hey, I'm looking for a solid founder who has a solid, solid product that's looking for their, basically they're, they are looking for either a co-founder that's a marketer or they're like, I need to, my first marketing hire, um, and they're making money. Essentially, they've either got some funding because um, you know I need to make a paycheck too. So, one of those things. Um, but yeah, it's it's once I gained clarity on that piece of it, it's made a lot of other things a lot easier. Like, okay, now I can see what my newsletter's about. Now I know exactly what my other podcast is about. Now I know if I have those. You know, you and I have talked about those small little deliverables that can be easy, quick wins. Like now I know exactly what that can look like. Um, and all of it can kind of feed into this idea of working um, with that one founder is essentially finding that person and that product. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So what do you think? Like, I, I think there's a lot of probably other marketers out there today that are also at other crossroads, right? Mm-hmm. Like either um, hopefully they weren't, laid off but at the different right. times now like there's there's a lot of disruption in that whether you've been at the role for a long time but whether you're the ones that are left holding the bag after there were some layoffs in the company yeah. um, you're, you're inheriting more stuff than than maybe someone is now putting demand gen under a person that was previously content and now they don't understand why that they're having you know trouble so i mean i think this is a good time for anyone to sort of sit back and you know think about 
how they want to proceed. And maybe it's, maybe it's just, Hey, I just, this is just what I have to do for the next year. And then I'll settle down. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to put my blinders on and I'm just going to color and it'll be fine. And then I'll pick up my head when I'm, you know, more equipped to make a decision. Cause right now so much is going on. I'd rather Mm -hmm. not try to like, try to make a move while all everything else is also moving. Right. It just makes it so hard. Um, Yeah. And if you are a marketer who's looking for your next opportunity and you're trying to get clarity on what kind of marketer you are so that you can advertise yourself, so that you can market Market yourself yourself. (laughs) uh, in the best, most efficient way, I'm going to put the diagram that I went through and like Emily, that that Mm -hmm. newsletter in the Substack. So if you're listening to this, you know, check out the written Substack. You'll see the things there. Um, and you can actually go through, I would encourage you to go through it because it surprised me that I had growth marketing skill sets. I would not have ever said, yeah, I'm a triple shaped, triple T marketer. I've got all three disciplines, but if, especially if you've been a marketing in marketing at a startup, you know, I mean, that's where it came from. I've done startup marketing for seven years. So while I've had my specialties, um, and you can kind of tell that my special Jesus is anything that touches product or content strategy. So if there's been an overlap between content strategy or um, product marketing, that's where my ex- expertise comes from. So that's where my experience came from. Um, but maybe other folks have different things. So, you know, if you are in a position where you're trying to figure out what kind of marketer you are, I highly encourage that exercise. It doesn't take long. It didn't take me long. Um, if you wanted to do it even bulkier and really create a case study for yourself, go through your tasks, see what kind of subcategories and you have expertise in, and then tie numbers back to it. And like, oh my gosh, now you've got a visual resume for folks to look at, which I think can't be bad. Yeah. 100%. Titles are weird yeah. in terms of like what you might be called at your role. And even if you've come up, especially through a startup, like you've probably touched a lot of these other different pieces, but anyone out in the market that's looking is going to look under a certain category. They're post, they're forced yeah. to post their job in a certain type of category, whether it's, and that's also how, you know, you, that's how as an employer you're looking for and you're looking for people that self-identify it. So mm-hmm. I think that's great that for people to go through this exercise, especially now. Um, and, uh, you know, also ask, you know, once you have that also even ask your friends, ask your colleagues and being like, does this, do you think this fits me? Like you're going to do your own self one, but it's also, it's good to get some other points of view of people like, well, actually you have these strengths in this. And it's mm. like, Oh, that was that. Like, so even it's, it's this kind of searching area where you're, you may know other people have a good perspective and helping you kind of help craft that and, and can gut check that stuff too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's really a good idea to go back and ask other colleagues. And cause I mean, gosh, Right now, I've got someone who's like, so what kind of content have you written? Like, I know you've written some stuff, and I'm currently thinking, like, you know, all of it. I've written probably almost everything, and, like, now it's trying to go back and find projects. Of course, I, you know, I tab stuff, and I keep stuff in a portfolio, um, but still trying to find something specifically that maybe this person could be interested. I know I'm going to forget things. So going back and asking other colleagues, they may remember projects that you participated on or key points that you had that you have long forgotten. So that's a good point too. Cool. All right. Well, this was fun. Um, definitely check out Emily Kramer stuff. I yes. Think it's MK1 
capital com. Yeah. Yeah. They, they both, they have a funding side too. And Emily's great. She's um, I think we, I think talked about it when I took that landing homepage landing page thing, it was through one of her, her uh, courses um, that was on uh, Maven. And I'm, I'm a subscriber to her newsletter. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. There's even stuff on like for founders, like, when you should when you should use a consultant and when that you think it should be in house. There's mm-hmm. a nice like graph of that type of stuff. So um, she's really well versed in that. Has been up through many startups and worked for Asana, Carta, all these other ones. But also it's down to earth and close enough that like it's not just this high flutin. Here's what happens when right. you know when you have a fifty million dollar funding and how you run a marketing team. So yeah, it's um, I think it's good stuff like you mentioned for both the founder side and. Uh, startup marketers, early stage marketing. I do too. It really clearly, it defines marketing, especially for founders who may not be familiar with marketing in a easy to understand and grasp kind of way. Like, oh, okay, we see now what this is. So highly recommend it. I went through it. I basically binged the newsletter last week. So highly recommend. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Adrian. Thank you, Josh. Have a good day. You too. Bye.